This is the Positive Psychology Podcast, episode number two. Welcome to the Positive Psychology Podcast, bringing your earbuds the science of the good life. And now your host, Kristen Trumpy. Welcome you folks, so happy that you're here. Um, Today we're going to talk about strengths as they are one of the pillars of positive psychology and also my specialty. Um, You will learn what strengths are, why using them will make your life better, how you can identify them and how to get going today. But before we come to that, um, positive psychology, as fascinating as it is to listen and read to, it is about doing stuff, okay? It's not just about learning. So one thing that is key to do well in just about anything is adopting a growth mindset. For those of you who have never heard of it, um, the growth mindset is about seeing the world in terms of mastery. Even if you're not good now, you can get better if you treat whatever comes your mind, your way as a learning opportunity. The opposite is the fixed mindset, where the world is divided into people who are intelligent, good-looking, or good at podcasting. Let's take this podcast. While I would agree 100% that some people just have great talent for broadcasting, I have a growth mindset about it. I believe that I will get better over time if I keep doing this. The opposite, the fixed mindset, would be to never even attempt this because I believe that I'm not blessed by the podcasting gods. If you want to know more about mindset, I encourage you to check out mindsetonline.com. You can also test your own mindset there. I'll put the exact links in the show notes. So folks, I want to implement a teeny weeny section where I talk for one to two minutes about what I learned from making the last episode. It's just my way of, you know, demonstrating my, my growth mindset and, you know, also letting you guys know that I'm actually taking into account what you're telling me, all right? So the first shout out goes to my mother, who said that it's a good podcast, but you say you know a lot. I know, I did. Um, Let's see if it will be the case this time as well. Um, Please just don't make a drinking game out of it, because that will make me very nervous, okay? So, um, my good, good, dear friend Aidan said that my mouth is probably too close to the microphone. So I hope today it won't be too far away. All right. Um, okay, cool. So the next section is about new cool studies. The study we're going to talk about briefly today is called The Challenges of the Disengaged Mind. And it's so mind-blowing to me, at least, that I decided to just have this one study instead of two, which was my original plan for each episode. Um, Why it's so mind-blowing is not because it's so positive, but actually, um, well, yeah, you know what, let's just start from the beginning. Basically, um, the researchers wanted to know what happens when people are left with their own thoughts. And it turns out that people do heck of a lot to not have to spend time in their own brain, which is why everybody's always on their phones, for example. So they wanted to see how far people will actually go um, to stop having to think for themselves for just one minute. Um, It turns out people prefer to do mundane, boring stuff 
or get this, give themselves electroshocks. I mean, really, really, if 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 you prefer to give yourself electroshocks instead of spending six to fifteen minutes of your life in your own mind, um, yeah, I think you should, you know, really start looking at your life because basically. What are you gonna do? I mean, what what happens if your phone battery dies? Or, yeah, if you can't stand your own mind for 15 minutes, um, it basically means that you will eventually find ways to to get away from yourself, and those ways can be pretty damaging. So, um, yeah, this is actually almost too depressing to be on this podcast. So let's jump right into the content. The main content today is, um, as I said before, about strengths. There are lots of definitions of what strengths are, and there are also some debates about, you know, whether you're born with them or not, uh, whether you develop them or not. Personally, I really like to go with a pretty simple definition, and that's your strengths are what you're good at, what energizes you, and what, you know, when you do them, when you do stuff using your strengths, you you can't get enough. You People actually have to tear you away from whatever it is that you're doing. How can strengths benefit you? Well, Huh. Actually, they they found lots and lots of benefits, you know, Um, among them stuff like happiness. You know, people who use their strengths regularly are happier. Uh, They're more confident. They're more engaged at work. And even the clients actually like them better, the people who use their strengths. It doesn't it seems like there's almost nothing that strengths can't achieve. Um, So far, I didn't hear that they help you lose weight. But Probably, you know, at some point they will find that they do. Um, Yeah. How do you find your strengths? Well, try to remember a time when you were really, really exhausted and tired. And all you wanted to do was just to fall in bed and sleep for three days. Okay. Um, And then think about something that suddenly happened, something that caught your attention, and then you were just transformed. You know, you started doing something, uh, maybe it was reading or talking to someone or watching something, and you were suddenly really, really awake. You you completely forgot that you actually wanted to go to bed. Um, another way, another definition of what I really love about how to find your strengths is from a researcher called Alex Lindley and he asked the simple question what is never ever on your to-do list never why because the stuff that's not on your to-do list but you still do it you you just do it all the time because you don't have to think about it it's part of who you are it feels you when you're doing that stuff Okay, so for me, for example, nobody has to ever tell me to go and read. You know, I'm reading all the time. And if I'm not reading with my eyes, I'm listening to audiobooks. 
And yeah, of course, sometimes I'm doing other things, but really nobody has to tell me to read. That's just something I love. Um, it's my love of learning and I always had that. Uh, when I was a kid, it wasn't reading books maybe, it was about learning stuff, how to do stuff. So for example, uh, when I was a kid, I used to drag my aunt to the zoo every single weekend. I do not know where she got the patience from to actually go there with me every single weekend. But she did. And, you know, not only that, I made her sit in front of the monkey cage or, you know, the place where the big cats, the lions and tigers were. And I would just take notes. And I was 10 years old. And I, I knew all the names of the monkeys and, and the lions. And, and I just wrote down what they were doing. You know, I just loved observing what they were doing. And yeah, that stuff that gave me so much energy. I mean, I pestered my dad into, you know, typing up all my notes um, in, in his computer. You know, this is this was, you know, in the early 90s. So you can imagine the kind of funds they had. I mean, it, it looked really quite terrible com uh, compared to today. But, you know, that did not stop me. Um, he typed up all my notes. Um, I took lots of pictures and I actually created a book, you know, I created a book about big cats. So yeah, that was um, my strengths in action. And although I'm now more into people than animals, just watching, observing and understanding stuff. And yeah, that's really still my passion, you know. So what is never on your to-do list? What are the things that other people complimented you for? But this is a dangerous one, okay? Because sometimes people think we're really good at stuff, and we are, but it just takes energy away from us, okay? And if that's the case, if it takes energy away from you, if it makes you less happy and less energized, it's not a strength. It's just a skill that you have developed. It's not the same, okay? So... There are different ways that you can work with your strengths and positive psychology it kind of started out and some folks are still on that, you know, um, path where they just say, okay, let's uh, take this um, strengths intervention and for one week, just try out a different, um, a different way of using your strength of gratitude or something. And, you know, that's cool. I think that's a great way to get started with strengths. But to be honest, if you just do it for one week, I mean, that's kind of, I don't know, like, that's kind of like, you know, you have the chance to meet Gandhi and you ask him, you know, what do you eat for breakfast? It, it makes no sense. Like, strengths, they have so much to offer. If you, if you choose to, why would you just you know, spend one week of your life. I mean, I'm not talking about making it the center of your attention, you know, not clearly not everybody can be as crazy about them as I am. But, you know, just using it for one week is kind of, you know, it's a good start. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's compared to the potential. It's just, yeah, it's not the right thing. So an alternative would be a strengths focus, which means that you look at the stuff that you encounter in your life with the strengths lens. So when you meet new people for the first time, uh, instead of, you know, checking out their shoes and all of that, maybe you can ask yourself, hey, what, what is this person good at? W what do they seem to, 
you know, do really well, although I don't know them? Uh, what about, you know, people who serve you your food or people who speak on the telephone or send you emails, you know, to all of these situations, you can use, you can apply the strengths focus. You can, you can see at what people do well. And it's actually quite refreshing because quite often without knowing it, we are in this judgmental frame of mind. And it's not because we're bad people or anything. It's just, we're used to it. We're used to, you know, people being like, oh, check out that person's, you know, hair or whatever. And I think it's quite refreshing if you, you know, just just to take a break, even, you know, you don't have to commit to strengths or anything, but just take a break and from your usual thinking patterns and try to see what people around you do really well. It's actually quite wonderful. And if you're convinced and you think, you know, you've made a couple of experiments and you've actually seen, wow, strengths are pretty cool. Um, there's a third way of working with them and that's called strengths development. And that's basically a, the idea that you develop um, not only your main strengths, but, you know, all of them. And I don't mean all of them in the entire world. I mean, there are, there are tons of strengths which are not even part of any classification. But if we take the most popular one, which is called the VIA, um, the Values in Action Survey, they have 24 strengths. And I don't know, when I look at that, it's just, to me, it's so motivating because, you know, even the stuff that comes in last, I think it's just so interesting. And I think we have to be careful here because it's very tempting for people to do a, a strengths test and then, you know, not pay attention to the stuff they actually do right, you know, the top five or the top 10, but to go straight down and see like, oh, so self-regulation, that's my weakness and stuff like that. And and that's a shame, you know? I mean, look at the top stuff first. Um, really get to see what stuff you do well, you know? For me, um, I did the test a couple of times because I just had this interest in whether the qualities would change or not. And my top five actually changed quite a lot. But when I looked at my top I think seven, I saw that actually, you know, the stuff did not change that much at all. There was always creativity. There was always appreciation of beauty, gratitude, mm, hope and optimism and love of learning, of course. So, yeah, if you start out with identifying your strengths and then developing them I don't mean in a in a serious way you know this can be really fun I mean it's it's wonderful if you if you find a way you know if you find that place in you that loves to show gratitude to other people and it's not a it's not something you have to do you know today I, re I read this article um, in an Australian newspaper about someone who said oh um, have we reached you know, peak gratitude. And she was talking about this phenomenon uh, where people write about the stuff they're grateful for for five days, you know, three things they're grateful for. And she said, well, doesn't it get boring to read that everybody's grateful for their family and their health 
and she mentioned cheese sandwiches. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I have mixed feelings about this because honestly, it's true. Like, I think if you don't take this stuff seriously and you give yourself the easy way out, you're going to get absolutely nothing out of it. So if you repeat for five days, oh, yeah, I'm grateful for my family and my health and my pets. Yeah, it's not going to change much. But if you challenge yourself to say, like, you know what? I don't want to write the same thing every day. I want to be as specific as possible. And that's a trick that I actually picked up from, you know, fiction writing instructions, instructors. Sorry, They always say that, you know, the general is not interesting. So when I say um, I have this love of learning, it's, it doesn't tell you very much. But the story I told you about the zoo, that tells you something. It's specific. It's something that I did that not every kid did when they were 10 years old. Okay. So if you do that, if you challenge yourself to be a little bit creative and to give your gratitude or your optimism and your hope a twist, um, it's, it's fun. It's an energizing journey. But what the author was right about is the fact that you know if you feel that you have to do this because some person challenged you on Facebook yeah it's probably not going to be a lot of fun um personally I really like the idea that you just you know just go with the strength that feels the most interesting to you right now you know if you look at the profile which one catches your eye which strength just sounds so cool that you basically you just you know, you want to get up and, and just start doing something right now. And that's a strength you should be working on. Um, the thing about strengths, what's really cool is that it's not necessarily just confined to those things that we talked about. The strengths focus, for example, um, there's a researcher called Ryan Nemec who actually wrote an entire, I think it was 568 pages on positive psychology at the movies and he wrote about how you can you can actually look for the strengths in the characters and he talked about what's really cool is that you know most most critics and film film critics and specialists and they're all about you know uh like artsy movies and and he just he just included all movies you know like really classic ones which you know which have high prestige and all of that, like Casablanca. But he also talks about Twilight, you know, because he said, you know what, Edward, how he keeps his hands off Bella, that's self-restraint, that's self-regulation right there for you, okay? So if you choose to, you can, you know, almost every moment of your life, you can you can put on the strengths lens. Um, you can do it when you're watching TV, when you're at work, or you're talking to other people. And that's something that I think is really interesting. Just don't let it stress you out, okay? And speaking of stresses, um, strengths also have a dark side. And the dark side is basically if we overuse them or don't use them enough. So overuse, uh, for example, the strength of appreciation of beauty and excellence means that if someone has that strength, they're really good at noticing things, right? But the problem is that if you're really good at noticing things, chances are that you're also good at noticing stuff that sucks. 
And that can make you really, really critical. And that's something that I've been actually battling with for quite a long while. And I think now it's kind of under control. But when I was in school, I was pretty bad because I just, you know, the faults, they just jumped out of me. Um, I couldn't do much about it. I didn't want to be the party pooper. But, you know, they were just there so glaringly obvious to me. And if, you know, when I was younger, I would just point those faults out. Like, you know, I I mean, I was not like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. But, you know, I think, yeah, it's just annoying. So if you overuse your strengths... Um, it's not a good thing. But equally, it's not a good thing if you underuse them. And that's something that my friend, again, it's my friend Aydan, pointed out to me. She's like, you know what, maybe the writing these academic things just make you so angry because you can't use your usual creative voice. You know, you're kind of stifling your creativity because you have to fit into that formal... Um, into that formal structure that, you know, academic work demands. And it's true, you know. Sometimes people want to look at their negative emotions and they want to get rid of it and they take anger management classes and all of that. And you know what? Maybe maybe it's not about that at all. Maybe it's a part of you that's just crying to be expressed. And chances are that if you express your strengths somewhere else, your irritation at not being able to express them when it's not appropriate or when you simply can't for whatever reason won't be that, you know, hard. It won't be that hard on you. So who can we use our strengths with? Um, there's this graph and unfortunately I'm not entirely sure who printed it. Um, there was some debate about that. I think it was in Seligman and Peter's Peterson's book, the original handbook on strengths classification, but I'm not entirely sure on that. Maybe it's also in one of Nemec's books. But anyway, it shows this matrix where you just, it's not a matrix, sorry, it's basically kind of like a continuing. So you see the strengths um, on a scale from self to others and on the other side of group, um, sorry, self to others and then the mind and the heart. So they group the strength according to where the focus is. Is the focus on the self or is it on other people? Is it on the mind or is it on the heart? So examples um, about strengths of the mind, for example, is curiosity. Okay, And curiosity is usually something that's quite individual. You are interested in something, you start googling it or reading a book and that's that. What... Nemic suggested was that actually you could take any strength um, and just apply it to someone else, right? So if, for example, one of your main strengths is kindness, okay, kindness is usually directed at other people. But if you take kindness and direct it at yourself, it becomes self-compassion. Similarly, if you if you take love, for example, that's a heart strength. Um, but what happens when you apply love to the mind, to questions of the mind? And that's just a really fun way of looking at strengths, in my opinion. It's, 
it's a really interesting way of doing that because it kind of expands what you can what you can learn what i also like is that strengths don't even have to be confined to people you know um i just thought about this for example what are the strengths of my country i'm from switzerland and i checked out the via strengths scale and obviously my country can't fill out the questionnaire so i will never know if this is true or not but when i looked at the strengths these three jumped out of me it's judgment prudence and self-control you know we're very measured um whenever we make a political decision if you know one party disagrees there's going to be a vote and it's a long process however usually we have quite a lot of peace in my country because you know once it's accepted people are okay with it they know even if they don't like it well the majority is spoken so that's that um then there's prudence we don't really you know go and try to you know take over other countries and stuff like that we just prefer to stay safe some would say stay cowardly safe but you know just staying safe and the other is self-control i mean we once actually had a vote not that i mean maybe a couple of years ago where they where we could have had an hour no an hour a week maybe an extra week of vacation and the swiss people said no they said no it's probably going to be too expensive and too financially irresponsible if we do that so we didn't get that and you know i'm not saying this is a good decision i have no idea if we could have afforded it or not but it shows that there's a certain self control that maybe some other countries might not have and this struck me when i went to greece for example and i'm not saying i'm not talking about the self control thing you know <laughs> but it struck me with how much they valued friendship and family and people told me you know i could never go away for a year to work because i would just die without my family and you know i saw these people sitting in cafes with their friends and it was amazing to me you know the how much time they spent with their families and that's a wonderful wonderful thing you know so so the strengths of greece are very different from the strengths of switzerland and of course usually we talk about individuals usually strengths are traditionally applied to individual people and not to countries but i just wanted to open your mind to the possibilities to make you understand that really almost anything can be looked at um through the lens the strengths lens okay um So we talked about what strengths are, why using them will make your life better, how you can identify them, and we did not talk about how to get them going today. Well, basically, answer the questions. You know, what never makes it onto your to-do list? What is the stuff that gives you a lot of energy, even if you're dead tired? And try to find ways to do more of that if you're not already doing it and if you're doing it try to manage it to make sure that you're not overusing it or underusing your strengths um try to come up with new ways of how you could use your strengths okay don't just be happy with doing the same old because if you do exactly the same thing the same things you did yesterday not that much is going to change okay So 
that's that. So before we come to the end, I actually want to finish each and every podcast with a couple of thank yous. So here we go. Well, that kid basically sums up my feelings, how I felt when the next, you know, when I heard the stuff that I'm just about to tell you. Okay, so first of all, a little shout out to Taisa from Brazil. Um, She's from Manaus, but she's living in Sao Paulo. And thank you so much for sharing the podcast with your friends. And, you know, generally just thank you for your good vibes. Jamila, um... You sent me such a wonderful, encouraging email. And, you you know, I she actually put me into this position where she said, you know, where can I review your podcast? And I was like, ah, oh, you can't yet because we're not on iTunes yet. I, I want to do a couple of episodes so that the people who come to iTunes actually can download three or four of the Positive Psychology podcast episodes. So I hope that Jamila will, you know, be patient. Um, But yeah, it's such a wonderful problem to have. Um, Also, big thank you to Sandeep from India. Um, He also shared the podcast on his Happiness India Project website. And I'm just happy to know that the people of my, you know, of my mom's country are also interested in positive psychology. And I just, you know, wish Sandeep all the best in spreading positive psychology in India. And, you know, I hope a couple of them will enjoy listening to this too. Uh, Seth from the Netherlands, who supplied me with lots of great resources, and he actually runs one of the best positive psychology websites I've seen so far at positivepsychologyprogram.com. And last but not least, Manny, um, who actually not only spread the word of my website and my podcast with his positive psychology meetup group in London, but he actually waited for the perfect day. Somebody's, you know, research had found that Tuesday was the perfect day to send out announcements and he was actually you know cute enough to actually wait for Tuesday to roll around so you know thanks buddy and you know thanks to everyone else who's been really nice and kind about supporting positive psychology podcast and me you know thanks very much so to get all the links and the other notes go to www.com strengthsphoenix.com slash two okay thanks so much for spending all this time with me it makes me truly happy and last time i said goodbye in swiss german today it's gonna be a little bit less perfect um i'm gonna try to say goodbye to you in turkish so let's see how that how that comes you know how that happens how that sounds i actually didn't vet this so i'm putting my trust in google translate and you know if my turkish friends have something to laugh that's perfect all right so here we go positive psychology podcast dinlemek için teşekkür ederiz hoşçakal bye bye thank you very much thanks for listening to the positive psychology podcast 
We're saying goodbye with Happy Yogurt.